Live from WNUR News, I'm Maria Jimena Aragon. You're listening to 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Friday, March 5th. Tonight, the tragic loss of Evanston's Century 12 Theater. But the lease was very clear. It said if there is a government action that shuts your business down, you can terminate. And the court agreed. Northwestern students decide whether to vote in Evanston's local elections. I actually registered same day. The primaries kind of snuck up on me, I'm not gonna lie. I had literally forgotten until the night before. Instagram helps fuel an unexpected love story. He's not American. English is not his first language, so he does all right with it. And um, he's half my age. And students share their experiences with pre-registration ahead of spring quarter. So as I was sitting in Kellogg, surrounded by all these MBA students, all the classes I wanted filled up, all my backups filled up, all my backups to my backups filled up, and I was about to cry in the Kellogg Hub. Stay tuned. As Evanston businesses feel the pressure of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Century 12 Movie Theater announced this week that it'll be shutting its doors. Reporter Matthew Shelton with the story. Northwestern University students suffer yet another loss in downtown Evanston, the movie theater. Two weeks ago, the city announced Century 12 will close after more than 20 years of operation. Evanston's economic development manager, Paul Zalmazek, says the closing is caused by a loophole in Cinemark's lease agreement. They notified the landlord that they felt like their, um, that they could terminate their lease because there's a clause in their lease that allows them to um, essentially terminate their lease when there's an active government that shuts their business down. This clause is typically used in the event of sudden rezoning or similar changes by the city government that stop business operation. The pandemic regulations met the guidelines necessary for termination. Uh, I don't think anybody ever contemplated that if there were a temporary shutdown due to a pandemic, that that would also be the case. But, but the lease was very clear. It said if there is a government action that shuts your business down, you can terminate. And the court agreed. Zalmzak says that although the COVID-19 pandemic gave Cinemark legal grounds to leave, they've been eyeing the door for several years now. You know, tenant improvement, tenant improvement is when um, the landlord will contribute money to a tenant to help either improve a space or build out a space or whatever. In this case, Cinemark had delayed upgrading the, uh, the movie theater. It, it didn't have the recliners and the, you know, the call buttons to have food delivered and stuff like that. It just, they didn't invest in those latest technologies and those latest amenities. For those worried that Evanston will remain without a theater in the long term, Zelmazek says that that will not be the case. How difficult will it be to replace Cinemark with another movie company with the theater industry in a major downturn due to the pandemic? Yeah, that, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And um, frankly, I, I don't think it's going to be difficult at all. The, the, uh, within hours of the announcement, we started receiving calls um, in the economic development office and um, my, my partner and colleague, uh, Annie Coakley, who, who uh, is the director of the Downtown Evanston organization, she received calls as well. And then we, we hosted a few calls. So we, we, and we estimate around a dozen 
operators who reached out to us who want to take over the lease. Zelmazek and Evanston count on the movie demand from Northwestern students as the bedrock for the future deal. Movies aren't going anywhere. And with the university as our anchor, um, there, there is always going to be uh, a strong base of people here that, that want to go to the movies. For Northwestern upperclassmen, though, the opportunity to see a movie in Evanston may not be possible until after graduation. You can really think that a, you know, six month would be like remarkable, but really somewhere in the range of 12 months is probably more realistic. Evanston is fortunate that there were that many offers so quickly because specific buildings like movie theaters are very hard to move. Zalmazak talks about how difficult it can be and some very unlikely options if the owners decide against bringing in another movie theater company. How hard is it to move a specialized location like a movie theater where you can hardly just be like, we're turning it into a gym now, or we're turning it into a restaurant. There's 12 movie screens that aren't going anywhere. So how hard is it to fill those spaces? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right, Matt. So if, if um, say, say the landlord was like, you know what, we're done with the movie business. We're just not, we're not going to bother. We're not going to fill it back up with a movie theater. Um, then it becomes really, really difficult because you have, uh, you know, the floor heights or ceiling heights. You've got these weird auditorium spaces. So worst case scenario, um, say if that, if that were to happen, which I, I just, I don't see happening, the expense with converting it, especially when there's already, like I said, a dozen operators who want to just take it over and start paying rent, you know, you could theor you could speculate or theorize like what could go in there. Um, you know, maybe it becomes performing arts, or maybe it becomes a uh, a rock climbing gym that needs some kind of you know, high ceiling heights or or bouldering or whatever. In the meantime, you can catch a movie about twenty minutes from campus at the AMC Village Crossing eighteen in Skokie. COVID restrictions still apply, and normal show times are restricted to forty percent capacity. If you are still worried about going to a movie with other people, AMC offers private theater rentals for you and up to 20 of your closest friends. While Evanston has lost several landmarks for Northwestern students like Burger King, Andes, and now the movie theater, Zalmazak is confident that Evanston will rebound. So I always want to, I want to stress that in every conversation I have because, you know, sometimes it feels like this is it, like rest in peace downtown Evanston or other things I've seen online just not, you might feel that way today. It's just not going to happen. There are too many strengths in this community, high incomes, smart individuals. Every, every single year, there's a new freshman class that brings just a great energy and the latest and greatest thinking. Um, you know, it's a freshman class, but it's a, it's a Northwestern freshman class. So these are like really smart, um, smart, young people who are coming here every year. So we're gonna be fine. Um, we just have to get through this in the next few months. For WNUR News, I'm Matthew Shelton. The 2020 election may have felt like it took forever, but Northwestern students aren't off the hook for voting yet. Many are deciding whether or not to register in Evanston in order to vote in the April municipal elections. Reporter Sarah Kadura has more. If the campaign signs decorating yards and windows didn't clue you in, it's election season in Evanston. There was a primary on February 23rd, and there's a general election on April 6th. 
The next mayor is already decided. Daniel Biss won over 73% of the vote in the unofficial count. But a lot of important offices, like alderman seats and the city clerkship, are still up for grabs on April 6th. Like a lot of Northwestern students, I'm wondering, should I vote in Evanston? The city of Evanston website says as long as I've lived here for 30 days before the election, I can register to vote at my polling place on election day. So I certainly could vote here. NU Votes is a nonpartisan initiative from Northwestern Center for Civic Engagement. They boast that 70% of eligible Northwestern students voted in Illinois or in their home state in 2016. So many Northwestern students do vote here. But I'm already registered in my hometown in Michigan. And even though I live in Evanston, my permanent residence is my dad's house. Like a lot of out-of-state college students, I kind of feel like I'm just visiting for four years. Okay, uh, can I get your name and your major? Uh, Harrison Larner, L-A-R-N-E-R, uh, major in journalism, class 2023. Larner didn't vote in the February 23rd primary. He's registered back home in Georgia, mainly because like, I know like the importance of being registered in Georgia as like a swing state. In theory, Larner could move his registration to Evanston, then back to Georgia when he returned home for national elections in November. But that seems like a hassle to Larner. It seems, it seems a little bit duplicitous. I guess Evanston's actually the third place I voted. Haley Fuller is a junior who transferred to Northwestern last year. She registered in the district of her former college first, then back home in Connecticut for the 2020 presidential election. She voted in Evanston for the first time in February. I actually registered same day. The primaries kind of snuck up on me, I'm not gonna lie. I had literally forgotten until the night before. And it's actually a really simple process, at least in Evanston, for same day registration. Like you just go to your polling place and you bring two forms of ID. Fuller says it's important for Northwestern students to have their voices heard in Evanston politics. I also just want to make sure that like, we have a government that supports everyone, and I know that Northwestern can be definitely like a point of contention in municipal elections, and I totally get that. But like, I live in Evanston right now, and like, I'm, I have an apartment, I have an address. Like, it's essentially where I live full-time, so to me, like, it matters that we care about our elected representatives, regardless. If you're a Northwestern student looking for a right answer to the question, where should you vote, there isn't one. In 1979, in Sim v. United States, the Supreme Court affirmed college students' rights to vote where they attend school. So as long as you're eligible and your permanent address is still back home, it's your call. NU Votes can help students register in all 50 states. In an email to WNUR News, a member of the NU Votes Advisory Committee said that they help students make the decision where to register, quote, by asking students where they feel more connected to, or if there's a certain issue in one of the places that they would like to vote on. Ultimately, it's a personal decision. For WNUR News, I'm Sarah Cadora. Love is a complicated thing. Two weeks ago, WNUR News' special broadcast explored how dating and Valentine's Day were changed by the COVID-19 pandemic. But reporter Aaron Robinson brings us a love story that will define the modern age, even after COVID ends. A love found
found on Instagram. It's just crazy to think that I found my person on freaking Instagram. It just makes no sense. And that he's not American, English is not his first language, so he does all right with it. And um, he's half my age. I think I was 57 at the time. But somewhere along the line, either I started following this guy, Carlos Marin, in Venezuela, or he started following me. But I do know that it was September 23rd, 2017, that I sent my first private message. And it said something like, uh, so handsome. Who is this man? And then I check it out the profile. Can I say, oh, this, this guy is handsome, you know? This man is handsome. And I showed the photos to a friend, and he said, oh, he's, he's handsome, he's handsome. And then we, we write, but just a little bit, you know, like one time in a month. He had just moved to Ecuador. And, and that, that was a hard time for me. He needed a friend really badly. And the only person where, where I can talk and express my feelings was Andy. So, so I was his friend, you know, we, we talked and stuff. In the beginning, it was just like a friend, you know? It was a little romantic because there was definitely attraction on both ends or whatever, but I'm not thinking. This is gonna be anything. And he was like alive in my in my dark days. After about a year, I think, of us chatting and so on, and chatting several times a day, I finally was like, okay. I think it was Christmas that I finally bought a ticket. For an airplane. I ain't got time to take no And then he say like, oh, I, I can come to visit you. And uh, I feel a little scared. <laughs> and when he visits, it was fantastic because finally I can talk with this man face to face. Flew to Quito in June. And uh, that first night he showed up at my Airbnb with a little present. And I buy food. I remember I buy McDonald's. McDonald's in case I hadn't eaten. <laughs> and. and when I see that man very tall, I say, oh my God, he looked like a king, you know? He's buying me McDonald's and a stuffed toy, and I know that from him, I know that from him that's huge. It still touches me, you know? And I show my present, and he starts to cry like a baby. I cried for the first 10 minutes we were meeting, and he, he just holds me, me and he says, don't, don't cry, baby, don't, don't cry. cry. Was very emotional. To make that gift to me. You know, he just wanted to show me that he was genuine, and he is, and uh, he just has the best heart. I ordered us suits to get married in, which is crazy. I think this happened like the week after I came back. I'm like, what are you gonna do if you if you don't decide to marry him? What are you what are you ordering an extra suit for? Marriage? I never expect that. Then I did go back in August and I proposed to him. I feel nervous. I never expect that, you know? It's like, oh my God, what happened? What are you gonna do? <laughs> but in the moment when, I don't know, I just cry when he proposed to me. And I'm really glad I did because between uh, that first meeting in June to the time that we got married on December 23rd. Um, I really, 
really fell hard for Carlos. Habiendo los dos contestado afirmativamente y dado sus promesas, de tal manera que ustedes, señores testigos, lo escucharon, entendieron, los declararon casados en nombre de la República y por autoridad. Since everybody has been hurt, uh, the lady with all of the, the force and power that the law gives to her, she declared, declares you husband and husband. Oh my God, I love Andy because he's so romantic. He has a beautiful soul. And still, I never told friends about it or anything. I mean, he was so much younger. I mean, he quickly turned 24 uh, after the time that I sent that first text. Like, within two weeks, he had turned 24, so. So it was all okay then. Um, <laughs> I, know it's a, I know it's a challenge. And he knows that too, you know? A little by little, I began to tell one friend or another friend. My friend Josh, he know Andy, he, he spent time with Andy, and, he, and even my cousin really love Andy too because they know Andy is a really good man. Of course, they all warned me the same things that I'd been thinking, you know, it, it's about money, he sees a lot of opportunity in you, and blah, blah, blah. I could feel that it wasn't about that. I could feel it. My mom... She know, my mom, my sister know. My mom respect my decision, but when we talk, we don't talk about those topics, you know. My sister, she know everything, and she support me, and uh, she like Andy. Everybody has been supportive, even my two Trump voting siblings. I don't know. Right now, I don't know, because with this situation, with the pandemic and... Uh, the elections in the United States. The biggest red flag in our immigration bid is uh, our age difference. We just got to be patient and work because we are a team. But it is what it is, you know. I not control this situation right now with the COVID-19. So what are you going to do? Hopefully they'll see that this is a, a legitimate romance because it's the greatest romance of my life. It's, it's kind of crazy. The life always surprises you. It's like a Pandora box. He's like my friend, my husband, my support. He's, he's like my angel. Honestly, he's like an angel for me. I'm Andy Monroe. I am a musician and writer. Live in Manhattan. Hi guys, my name is Carlos. I'm from Venezuela. And right now I'm living in Ecuador. And this is the story about me and Andy. This story was made by Aaron Robinson, and this is WNUR News. The nature of the quarter system at Northwestern is stressful enough, and with spring quarter just around the corner, students share their pre-registration struggles, on and offline. Reporter Maria Camaño with the story. As winter quarter begins to draw to a close, registration begins. Students start logging onto Caesar again and try all the possible combinations for a schedule on Solid NU as we try to figure out what classes to take spring quarter. Northwestern students know registration stress all too well. We bond over the panic and worry that comes beforehand as we plan out our schedules, the scramble to enroll during registration time, and the frustration and disappointment of a blue square appearing under your class on Caesar. With many students having horror stories during registration time, I talked to Natalia Camino, a second year economics major about her worst experience during registration. So last winter, I was registering as a freshman for my spring quarter. I had gone to office hours in Kellogg for econ and my registration time came up. 
So as I was sitting in Kellogg, surrounded by all these MBA students, all the classes I wanted filled up, all my backups filled up, all my backups to my backups filled up, and I was about to cry in the Kellogg Hub. I held it in because I was surrounded by a bunch of like 25 and 30 year olds and I did not want to embarrass myself even more. A Northwestern student's worst nightmare, this is only one of the many horrific things that can go wrong during registration. But Camino says it wasn't all bad. But something good actually came out of it because I ended up registering for, I think it was the Latinx class, like Intro to Latinx Studies. And that's actually one of my favorite classes I've taken here at Northwestern. So even though it started out with a bit of horror and I almost had a mental breakdown, um, <laughs> it all turned out fine. She also has some advice for those who might be registering for the first time. It gets better. Like it gets better, registration gets better. Also, if you don't get the class you want or like that like you need to take, email the professor, they're usually pretty accommodating. And if like you literally just can't sign up for any reason, it's not the end of the world. Like there's so many other classes Northwestern does offer that Though it might seem like the end of the world or like the end of your academic career, like it's not. <laughs> it's really not. And something good might turn out of it. For WNUR News, this is Maria Camano. That's all for the WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. Our producer today is Alex Harrison. Our reporters are Matthew Shelton, Sarah Kadura, Aaron Robinson, and Maria Camano Garcia. From all of us here at WNUR, I'm Maria Jimena Aragon. Thanks for listening. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and online at WNUR.org. Your next news break will be Monday, March 8th. Now, back to scheduled programming.